You're listening to Public Safety First, a podcast to help you learn about the First Responder Network Authority and how you can be part of the future of public safety technology. And now, your host. Good morning. Welcome to the Public Safety First podcast. I'm Kyle Richardson of the First Net Authority. And I'm Richard Carrizo, Fire Chief of Southern Platte Fire Protection District and Board Member for First Net Authority. We're joined today by uh, Chief John Paul Jones of the Clayton Fire Department. How are you doing, John? Doing good. Thank you. Uh, good morning, John good Paul. Morning. Uh, I know that uh, you spent uh, a little over 30 years in the uh, Kansas City, Kansas Fire Department. And upon your retirement, still wanted to stay in the service. And so you decided to uh, change states a little bit and move over to the uh, east side of Missouri and to the city of Clayton, where you've been fire chief for the last couple of years. Tell me a little bit what's going on in Clayton uh, for our listeners, a little bit about the city and what it's like to be in a suburb of St. Louis and how maybe your technology's changed a little bit from that city to, uh, compared to KCK. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of similarities between the two metro areas. You know, St. Louis metro, I think, uh, you know, including some of the uh, uh, parts of the metro that are in Illinois, there's like 2.8 million population, which, uh, you know, that's a huge area. But you look at just St. Louis County, separate from the Illinois side in St. Louis City, uh, you're looking at 88 municipalities, 523 square miles, a population of about 996,000 people. So you can imagine with multiple PSAPs and 43 different fire departments, the challenges as far as interoperability and communications, not to mention all the different law enforcement agencies involved with all those municipalities combined. Things are so much more complicated, and the interoperability between law enforcement and the fire service is is vital in all the different areas. I mean, we've seen anything from natural disasters to, uh, quite frankly, you know, unfortunately, the the active assailant uh, scenarios that may involve multiple agencies across uh, public safety <clears throat> and, the, and the extreme importance of uh, interoperability in relation to uh, bringing those types of activities to resolution. So, uh, uh, John Paul, why don't you discuss a little bit of how uh, Clayton decided to invest into FirstNet and kind of why that took place and how it affected the firefighters and the crew members? If you look at, you know, the multiple PSAPs and the uh, multiple fire departments and jurisdictions that have to come together through automatic aid, you know, it becomes a very complicated system uh, that can be made simple through interoperability. So having the ability to have the coverage necessary, to have the reliability of that network, to have a multifaceted approach, not just through land mobile radio, but also through voice over LTE, you know, essentially the ability also to transmit data. Clayton is a very dense area. There's approximately 44 high-rise buildings um, that combined with residential and retail, but we're surrounded by all these other communities. So we have to come together for that type of response. So having the first net capability to be able to transmit this large amounts of data that we need for these pre-plans so that these operations can be very effective. You know, Have you seen a big increase in coverage uh, since going to FirstNet? And then with that, have the firefighters seen any type of difference or anything you can share with our viewers of how it may help them into the future. 
Yes, there's a big difference, and I've seen it firsthand between first net coverage and, and some of the other carriers that, that aren't first net. And of course, there's only one first net, but yeah, we've experienced additional coverage ability, not just within Clayton, but you know, we, uh, throughout St. Louis County, because uh, the automatic aid, we're more reliant than ever on each other, in, 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 especially in a uh, all-hazards environment. But um, one thing that's interesting is that right now there's a lot of third-party apps out there and, and that are being used. But in the FirstNet ecosystem, what's really exciting is that these vetted out secure apps that are going to be uh, available uh, within this ecosystem as, as this uh, system progresses and the build-out happens, I think are, are really going to make a, a difference and be game-changers. But some of those um, third-party apps that are being used, um, you know, when it comes to um, notification in response to, to, um, to incidents, um, this notification has taken place before the uh, alarm goes off in the fire station, and and they have the ability to decrease their response times through the use of this. And what are they using to transmit that LTE data? It's FirstNet. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Currently on the FirstNet app catalog, there are over 100-plus public safety applications available to first responders. So um, those applications, those innovations are are available today, as well as the device ecosystem. There's hundreds of devices available to public safety from your cell phone to a router, modem. There's wearables. That ecosystem is continuing to, to blossom and grow. So as I mentioned earlier, you both are true advocates for the future of technology, but more importantly, its impact for public safety. What, what are some of the new innovations you're seeing in the fire service that's impacting the way you do your jobs? Well, I think what's uh, interesting is looking at how we handled the need for having uh, increased what I would call intelligence information on the scene. You know, I ran a, in 2008, ran a million gallons of uh, gasoline on fire in a a tank farm. And what was interesting is uh, we had to get a beat on whether or not the lid was intact on this huge above ground gasoline storage tank in order to understand whether we're going to let this thing burn out or we're going to have to put it out and deal with it because there was a possibility that this tank could rupture and of course you know having a million million gallons of gasoline and all the the vapor expansion you know could have been a very dangerous situation so uh, the decision was made to let this thing burn but we had to know what that lid looked like and we didn't have the capability there weren't any drones back then or whatever so but I was also uh, because of the you know the fire and the smoke and the visibility issue it was right next to the downtown airport. And I had to close the airport, but before I did, I had to let a news helicopter fly over and give us a visual. And then we were seeing the feed from the TV network so we could see the, the lid, and it was intact. Um, and then immediately I closed the airport. Um, but fast forward today, think of the capabilities I could have had to recon and gain that intelligence and that information uh, in order to, to mitigate that scene. Now, I was lucky in that regard to be able to do what I did. But that capability now is concrete. It exists and readily available. So Chief Jones, Clayton is a suburb with several high rises. And you talked about interest in helping to solve the Z-axis, what we've called as the holy grail for firefighters. What location information do you find more important for your operations? And what are the biggest bottlenecks or pain points that you face regarding location-based service while performing your duties? 
Well, I mean, accountability, the accountability issue in the fire service is everything. Uh, of course, when you say it was the Holy Grail, and it's because knowing which division or floor somebody's on as well as uh, where they're located, you know, you know, if I'm in the northwest corner, you know, it, it, uh, that kind of information doesn't do me any good if I don't know what floor there are on in a 35-story building. Um, so... Um, having that capability will be everything. When I look back and, and some of the uh, line of duty deaths, you know, brave firefighters that uh, have died in the line of duty because we did not have that type of technology, the inability to locate them quickly and and get them out of that situation. Um, I think um, this will provide for that. This will make uh, for a much safer fire ground operations and safety. And uh, I think it will reduce the risk associated with uh, these activities. Chief Grizzle, uh, your agency is demoing the FirstNet push to talk Correct. In, in your mind, um, how will that capability enhance or supplement what you're doing today with radios? Well, it is very exciting, both as a fire chief and uh, first responder network authority board member, to watch this really coming alive um, is very exciting. I know FirstNet AT&T will be providing uh, what was known as the mission-critical push to talk It is. It's the first step in the process. In my own organization, it was an honor to be one of the beta testers. Uh, also, FirstNet um, Lab in Boulder, where they're going to continue to monitor uh, that and test and provide feedback back to FirstNet AT&T to make the system even better for the push to talk. Uh, our agency, um, how we see it being operated at the beginning, uh, this kickoff will be more for administrative activities. Uh, all our pumpers will have it, so the captain will carry uh, FirstNet phone still and use the push to talk when needed and not be on the radio. So we're going to slowly implement that system into how how it would be used on the radio, but when you don't need to be tying up airwaves and we can use it for other things. What features or functions are needed before you, and this is a question for both of you, are willing to utilize a broadband uh, push-a-talk solution in your mission? I mean, it's all about Band 14. You know, Band 14 gives you that coverage. Band 14 gives you that reliability. When you look at these large metropolitan areas, I mean, there was a train derailment in Duple, Illinois, outside the St. Louis area. You had 13 rail cars that derailed during that incident, and you had some hazardous materials that were causing exposure. They were closing schools, but the ability to communicate on scene and use these two platforms simultaneously for data, for voice over LTE, for voice over land mobile radio, I believe just enhances your capabilities in a large incident. And we're finding that there's a lot of other data, a lot of other information that has to be communicated that can be done on this other platform. Uh, so we're talking about the enhanced capabilities that FirstNet is providing. How do you see FirstNet's role in improving patient outcomes? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I just read an article the other day about Junction City Fire Department, which is a mid-sized city in central Kansas, you know, and how they're using that to affect patient care outcomes, how they're using FirstNet, their ability to communicate with the hospital, because they service a, a pretty good-sized rural area just outside of Junction City as well. And so these long-distance transports to uh, Topeka, I'm, you know, 45-minute transport, Transports, uh, you know, having that live, real-time capability to transmit this this patient care data, so that the pre-hospital care, coupled with the uh, with the uh, hospital care, without any sort of delay, they're ready for them. They're, they're advising the crews en route, uh, involving the long-distance patient care because it's that's a different setting. You know, when you have a two-minute response time uh, to the hospital, you know, in, a, in an urban environment, two, three, four minutes, that's a different world than when you have this 45-minute transport in a from 
a rural area. Mm-hmm. And so how do you in uh, Clayton see that technology helping you guys? Well, you know, Clayton, it's the city. You know, it's a city. It's in a, a large metropolitan area, a city within a city, you know, basically. So for patient care involving what we do and those short, shorter duration transports, it's still uh, absolutely critical and vital, you know, because as they say with cardiac patients, uh, time is, you know, time is muscle. So for STEMI patients, and STEMI is, you know, the ST elevated myocardial infarction, which means heart attack. Okay. So we're data from uh, the advanced cardiac monitors on board an ambulance would transmit this data via wireless LTE to the destination hospital provider. This use of technology affords affords us the ability to to communicate relevant critical patient information. And, um, you know, that data uh, interpreted by the ER physicians in real time where they could advise us en route and also uh, get ready for that patient's arrival uh, at the hospital. So where do you see uh, the next generation? What is your vision based on your operational experience? I'm looking forward to what's in the future, but I got to tell you, um, in a lot of ways, the future is now and the capabilities. There are a lot of capabilities that exist out there and we need to embrace them in public safety. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what that means for Clayton, what that means for uh, the St. Louis metropolitan area and quite frankly, uh, public safety across the United States. So... Thank you. Oh, we're doing this. I'd just like to add on, we cannot forget that this is about public safety. It's about all of public safety, not just fire uh, or PD. It's about everybody and everybody's input to continue to build the system that we all want, not what uh, somebody else thinks that we want. It's about what the people on the ground want, all the way up to the chief officers, what they need and what they want. And that's what we need to keep listening to them and build a system for them. Well, thanks a lot, guys. As we close the podcast, I just want to thank you both for what you do, and um, I look forward to continuing to work with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, John Paul, for being here and participating in our podcast today. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening today. We're excited to have you join our podcast community. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can learn more about the First Responder Network Authority at FirstNet.gov and learn about FirstNet products and services at FirstNet.com.